Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from D'Addario Woodwinds, visit daddario.com woodwinds. Please enjoy the free content. But if you're in any sort of position where you buy a cup of coffee every morning and you don't really have to think about it, then maybe treat clarinet like a cup of coffee once a month. And if a hundred people did that, it would just be, it would be totally sustainable. Hi, I'm Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 84 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I normally discuss all that's new and neat with clarinet, with the neatest people in the industry. But today, I invite you to come for a drive with me as I discuss some sort of important housekeeping issues that have, have come up recently. I got a few email messages from some folks, and I'm going to address one of them uh, personally, but sort of on a more public forum. And uh, if this is your first episode, probably turn back, probably check out something else. There's a heck of a lot more interesting stuff out there. But if you're a diehard fan and you want to understand the direction of the podcast and sort of what's been going on in the last few months, like where I've been, um, then have a listen. Um, you might have some of these same concerns or questions yourself. As always, you can find show notes for all Clarinet episodes at www.clarinet.com. And this one can be found at clarinet.com slash 84. That's the number 84. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I do apologize for the audio quality on this episode. That's not something I normally have to say, obviously, because I record with a pretty good microphone and all that. But um, this idea sort of came to me while I was driving and I just hit record on my phone and wanted to see what would come out. Um, although the audio quality is obviously not the best for the first little bit anyways, before I get to my garage, um, I just felt that what I said was good enough and I didn't want to come home and re-record the whole thing and make it sound really scripted. So here's just coming for a drive with Sean and talking about what's going on with the podcast. So hop on in, uh, fasten your seatbelts and let's go for a drive. Okay, so a lot has been going on the last few months and um, as many of you, you may have noticed, the podcast has taken a little bit of a uh, I don't want to say a turn or a decline, but it, it has been released less often as of late. And I, I often receive messages from people uh, writing in their emails or uh, on Facebook or as comments um, on posts and, and all sorts of things. Um, and, but it's only recently that a few people have gotten in touch trying to address sort of what is going on. Where, where has the podcast gone? Where is it going? What's happening to its future? Um, and so I got a, a message today, and uh, I'm actually driving right now, so I'm going to try to wait until I get to a stoplight to actually read the message. But the message points out some concerns that uh, a particular community member is having, and he has surmised that this is, that he represents a larger group of people, which is something that uh, I absolutely do not uh, doubt or deny in any way at all. Um, and in a sense, it's very, I, it brings me a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, happiness to know that so many people have been affected by the podcast, but I think it's important to portray, um, also how the podcast has affected me. So, um, this is just going to be a short episode where I just want to get some things out there. I want to make it clear the direction of the podcast, where it's going, um, where it's been, um, where it can go and that's really important because 
where it can go is somewhere where it has not been yet. And I've always had sort of dreams of what the podcast could become. Uh, and it just, it has not really fully materialized in some of those ways. And I, I do recognize that the audience of clarinetists in the world is probably a little smaller than, I sounded Irish there for a second, probably a little smaller than um, the audience for some other topics. Um, but I think there is a chance here for for clarinet to grow in spite of other elements of, of life. So um, as a listener, if you do have any feedback in any regard for anything, I really would appreciate just get in touch at feedback at clarinet.com, even just to say hi. You'd be surprised how motivating it is to receive a message, um, even just to say hello. When, some, when you're doing something like podcasting. Um, it, it is kind of an isolated activity. You sort of just sit in your basement and, and make these posts and send them out in the world and, and then only encounter people rather rarely. So I'm at a light here. I'm going to read this email here. It says, hi, Sean. I just wanted to pass on my best wishes to you. Well, first of all, thank you for that. We all, I believe I speak for many, understand that a man must live and work and make money. But the, only, but the now only occasional podcasts have left a hole in our lives. Where before we could empathize with the challenges of your interviewing some interesting and long-winded and some tight-lipped clarinet peopleoids, now we have no one, or none, now we have none. It is sad. Do you think maybe you could clone yourself into two people and have one working on the podcast for our edification and enjoyment and another working for Bakun? You keep alive the flame of clarinet for us. For this, we thank you. And that's William E. from Vancouver. So first of all, William, I, I really do thank you for taking the time to send in this message. Um, it's very, it's very, uh, it's almost very moving for me. Like it's, it's nice to know that so many people are, are positively um, affected by all this work that I've done. And, and it really means a lot that, that you feel so strongly that, you know, the flame of clarinet, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty powerful statement. It, it means, it means a lot that I, I have contributed in some way to the meaning of the instrument for even one person, let alone, let alone many. Um, I, I also really appreciate the sentiment that not having something that I've created um, would leave a hole in someone else's life. That is just, uh, it's such a profound thing. That's, that's got to be one of the goals of life is to create things of meaning that other people find enjoyable. And at least it's, it's definitely one of the reasons that people play music. Um, I, I know that a lot of people perform and interpret and enjoy music for themselves, but really music it is, is a social art. It might be the only art that is social in the way that it is. Um, in fact, it probably is. Anyway, that being said, I found, for me personally, a lot of uh, interesting relationships between podcasting and music. I, I've had to learn a lot about the performance elements of radio and uh, audio editing and um, even teaching. I'm, I'm now currently training, for example, a, a small group of volunteers to, to take on some of the tasks that I was previously doing um, in an effort to continue to do them, which is something I'll, I'll get to in a second. But all elements of music education have really um, and enjoyment and performance have really, really gone into the podcast in ways that I, I, I never would have imagined. And it's, it's caused me to look at all sorts of career paths and realize, you know, the value of music in that sense. So, so first of all, yeah, your words, that has a lot of meaning. And I, I really do appreciate everything that you said. And, and for all people who have ever passed along some sort of 
you know, positive feedback like that, or even semi-critical or um, constructive about the podcast too. It, it's all appreciated. It all gets taken into account. I, I work to refine the podcast as I would work to refine my playing or any other element of artistic creation. So I guess it means a lot that it is interpreted that way. And um, But the other side of this reality, uh, well, first of all, let me, let me keep going on the positives here. So I've gotten to meet some absolutely wonderful people. Um, not just new friends and colleagues, uh, you know, such as Eric Salazar and Garrett Hope, who runs another podcast. I mean, we've connected, we connect online almost on a weekly basis and, and talk about, you know, issues that come up with podcasting and how to make it our podcast better and uh, what we've learned and can learn from one another. And we've met in person at various events. Um, some of those events which were sponsored by Clarinet listeners, for example, the Chicago Midwest Clinic. Um, these are amazing opportunities that I, I just never thought would really, really happen to me, you know. Um, other elements of positivity obviously include meeting some of my idols like Michael Lowenstern um, and, you know, talking to all the fantastic artists uh, that I now feel I, I have, you know, even a very small sort of relationship with. And I feel that uh, a lot of people maybe have been kind of let in on what it's like to interact with some of these great people. And that's really excellent. Um, I also feel proud of capturing some conversations which I, I just don't know would have otherwise happened. For example, Harry Sparnai. I mean, there is some interviews with him. There's there's not a lot though, and I I really wish there was more of of some of these people, um, especially those of whom have passed or you know we all will someday. I mean, it's, it's just great to have recorded these things and have them sort of on the record and to look back on. Um, Another big moment in all of this for me was was when people started emailing me asking if they could do uh, presentations or, or university discussions um, or classes even on some elements of the podcast and what it not only means but what its um, its, its influence may be or or um, as kind of a genre I suppose of new media so. And that's extended now. I've, I've done some speaking engagements at uh, local podcasting conferences and events and universities about what it's like to make a podcast and sort of be on the ground of an activity like this. So anyways, the positives are really immense. And, but one area that the positives have also led to is, is identifying and understanding that one of my real strengths is working with um, the clarinet in a way that engages uh, media you know so this started out by an opportunity which started with Diderio which I was really excited about uh, helping them with their social media um, this has extended now it, not directly but indirectly to a lot of what I do with um, this new job at Bakun so with Bakun my role is full-time there's there's no doubt about that um, but I think it's important I address one element of, of this this email and that is, um, it seems that the interpretation here specifically, and maybe in more broad terms, is that uh, one reason that Clarinet has kind of fallen off is, is because of uh, you know getting a full-time job. Um, it's important to note that while there is, I suppose, some truth to that, I mean, there are only so many hours in a day, um, it's not like I had all this time that I was making the podcast in and, and now that's gone. I Now that I am working full-time for Bakun, I'm not freelance uh, teaching and performing as much as I was, 
because it's important to me to to prioritize um, this job, which which represents interests for me that I have found to take precedence over doing a certain kind of teaching, for example. Um, so it's not that any time has been taken away or moved around from the podcast. It's that my time has been changed in that sense of, of when I work. Um, there was another interesting comment online the other day. Someone said, oh, I hope that uh, you still have time to make the podcast. And I had to laugh because I, I honestly never had, quote, time <laughs> to make the podcast. The podcast has been made from a labor of love and, and interest that that uh, I just felt it needed to be done. And, and so I did it. And, and that involved many, many nights of staying up till 2 in the morning, interviewing people at all hours of the day, um, not really having a weekend, you know, a lot of different things. And that has gone on now for about a year and a half. Um, so at this point in the conversation, I, I just want to make it clear that that me having to work, that is, of course, part of life, but it has not detracted from the podcast per se. Um, so, but at this point, I think it'd be, it'd be uh, worthwhile to not shift to maybe the negatives, but some of the realities of, of what this has meant for me. Um, and again, I I don't want this to come off in any way as complaining because there have been so many positives and so many unimaginable benefits to doing the podcast. It's it's work that has clearly paid off, let's put it that way. And it's work that I have clearly enjoyed. Um, but the realities of it are honestly uh, setting in because a podcast surprisingly takes an immense amount of work. And I want to start off by just going through what does that mean. So. You need to set up a website, uh, the domain, the hosting, the security uh, settings. It's about 50 things I could go over, which honestly, I just don't have time. But uh, And that's not only time consuming, but expensive, all this stuff. Um, the, the second portion, obviously, is writing the, 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 the website uh, content and interviewing people, setting up those interviews, dealing with agents, dealing with artists directly, busy artists. A lot of them don't have a lot of time. Uh, making time in my schedule to work with these people, sometimes giving up various opportunities to make sure I get the chance to talk to these people. Like when, when someone like Martin Frost, for example, or, um, you know, Eddie Daniels is someone who's probably coming up on the podcast here soon. When these people say jump, I, I say how high, you know, I don't, it's not a question of, oh, I'm sorry, I, I have to teach that evening. It's like, okay, students are now canceled. I'm working around my schedule to try and make this happen in any way possible. Like, when I spoke with Martin Frost, it so happened that I was able to talk to him at a time that was reasonable for me, but if I needed to get up at 3 a.m. to align with the time that worked for him in Sweden, I would have done that. I would have had to do that. Um, there was no question about it in my mind. So there's just one element of, of, of difficulty. And, and so a lot of people would assume or think that, okay, well, it's just a recorded conversation. How, how challenging could it really be? But that's just one element of, of, of this, you know? Um, so, and again, this is, I'm just giving the reality here. This is in no way complaining. This is what it's like. This is what my days are like, you know? So another element of this though is, okay, now we've met, we've recorded the conversation. Now it needs to be edited, um, which varying, depending on the episode, depending on the guest and, and how this has uh, all played out. Maybe there was technological issues. Uh, maybe the call got dropped, maybe all sorts of things. Maybe we diverted and talked about nothing for five minutes and had to cut that out. Um, there's lots of different things which will result in an incredible amount of editing time. Um, there's an episode coming up with Cornell Volak, uh, who 
did an amazing thing. We had like a rehearsal kind of, and I sat in on that, and we're, we're trying to now mix together all this different audio. It's taking, it will take hours. So like we're talking for a single episode that requires a lot of work, um, a lot of planning, a lot of research for the questions, which is something I even forgot about just now. I mean, we're talking 20 to 30 hours for one episode of work, um, which is significant. And so the, the, the honest truth about what's happened at the podcast is uh, I'm tired. <laughs> I got tired. Um, not tired of it, but I, I got quite tired. And because I've, I've had to maintain so many other things in order to make it work. Um, I guess in my ideal world, I would still be able to work and enjoy a career like every other person who listens to the podcast. That's part of life is having a meaningful career. But it would be really fantastic if, if the podcast would be a part of that career instead of um, a sort of time commitment that, that, that uh, results in a net loss. Let's put it that way. So, for example, other ways my life has changed the last year or two. Um, first of all, I had a severe hand injury which resulted in months of uh, incredible um, realignment of my thoughts towards what my career could be as a player, let's put it that way. It, it turns out that most of it is, is gotten fixed, I could put it that way. Um, it's not quite the right word. Uh, healed, I guess. Um, also, uh, you know, coming up in the spring here, my wife and I are expecting our first child, so I've really had to consider, like, what will it mean to not have those 20 or 30 hours a week that I've been spending on the podcast. Um, and originally, uh, I felt that maybe what I needed to do was financial support. So this is why, for example, there's Patreon. This is why there's Amazon affiliate links. This is why there's a little bit of advertising. Um, this is why I accept direct donations on the website. This is why I sell t-shirts. It's, it's, uh, it's not about some sort of, I don't want to call it greed. It's, it's not about, um, just trying to make a, I'm actually in my garage now, I'm just going to uh, park the car here and keep talking for a minute while I finish this up. Um, it's not about any of those things, but it, but it is about um, trying to make it work. And by make it work, there, there's, there's hundreds of dollars of expenses every month that go into this thing, and um, not to mention the time. So an element of what would make it work in my, so from my perspective, and I understand my perspective is, is not everyone else's perspective, but... If people feel like this is a show or this is a this is content that would leave a, a meaningful hole in their life or that not having it would be a detriment, um, I would just really appreciate some sort of direct support. Now that doesn't have to be directly financial. It doesn't have to be a lot. I'm talking like a dollar a month from a lot of listeners would completely change the way I could look at the podcast. Um, instead of, for example, teaching for a night, I could, uh, in good conscience sit down and edit the podcast without feeling like, or work on the podcast, without feeling like I was taking something away from some other thing, uh, whether that be my family or fi uh, some sort of other financial benefit that might, you know, be occurring um, at that time. And I think that that's just the reality of what it means to work and create something. Um, and I think that partially I got tired because I'd spent so much time over the last year and a half doing this. And partly I got tired because I, I got tired of trying to make it sustainable. Um, and it's not that it is not sustainable. I mean, we're now at a point, it's one of the only podcasts I would say that is covering its costs. Um, but uh, I would just like to take it to that next level. And, and just for reasons of sensibility um, from, from my perspective. 
And so the other thing is, I, I realized also I, I've gotten tired because of the time commitment. So one, one idea I had from another podcaster who has a very successful podcast, I won't name him here because I don't know if he wants me to share the details of this. But anyways, his idea was, hey, it's maybe not financial backing that you need. Maybe you need more time and, and you can't make time. So why not reach out into the community of listeners and see if there's anyone who would help you or be willing or be thrilled to help you with the production. And I thought that was a fantastic idea because, for example, I listened a lot to something like the Sam Harris podcast. And, and if I could even have a slight hand in making that possible, I would, I would love to. Um, and so I reached out and amazingly, so overwhelming support. I think I had seven or eight applications and I've I'm trying to now find ways to integrate people's skills um, and turn this kind of into a team effort and alleviate some of the time. So now instead of one person volunteering 25 hours or 30 hours a week, we have seven people, um, you know, six of whom are putting in an hour or two and then I can only put in 12 and it's, it's just been amazing. Um, but again, long term, I want to recognize that I would be very, very happy and very, very... Um, satisfied to be able to offer these people um, an honorarium or, or payment for their services. I, I feel like if there is enough value in this show and in this concept that, that, that people in the community feel, um, like I said, that, that something is missing if it's not there, then it's just really worth considering what does it, what is it worth? Is it, is it worth a dollar maybe a month? to you? Is it worth buying a t-shirt? Is it worth telling a friend about it? Um, or is it not? And, and if it's not, then I just don't know that it will continue forever. And, and that's not a negative uh, statement. It's just a realization. Um, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of fun. But there's, there's times to reflect back and, and decide to continue down one path or to change that path a little bit, or to find a new path. Um, and I, I would be very happy to continue the clarinet path that it's on, but I would prefer it to be a new path, not where it's been, but somewhere that it could go. Um, I think it has been a lot of great places. Um, I think it could go a lot of more interesting places. And I would rather go those interesting places, such as, you know, recording in a studio with a guest across the country, like I had the chance to do with Marianne Lakai, that was just awesome. Um, the in-person element of that conversation was, I think, took it to a new level. Um, really great. It could also go the direction of having these those who are helping produce it be paid. I, I think that's an important element. As musicians, we forget about about that sometimes, but but it's the truth. And you know, I, I just want to make clear too that you know I'm not appealing for for financial support for anything that that I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, first of all. Like, if you really don't have a dollar a month or five dollars a month or whatever you would feel justifiable to help support the ongoing production of the, of the, of the podcast, then by all means, I, I do not want any person to go into debt or feel guilty or not buy their child something <laughs> because they're listening to Claire Neat. Like, please enjoy the free content. But if you're in any sort of position where you buy a cup of coffee every morning and you don't really have to think about it, then maybe treat Clarinet like a cup of coffee once a month. And if a hundred people did that, it would just be, it would be totally sustainable. And um, I would, it would bring me the greatest of pleasure to, to make this sort of content going forward. So long story short, I guess, Clarinet, it's not that it's a business 
Um, but it, there are a certain level of expenses and time commitment that need to at least justify the means long term. And uh, like I said, there, a real wake-up call for this is the fact that I'm going to be a father soon, and I just I need to make sure that at the end of the day, I am still, you know, responsible in other ways. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. So, anyways, I hope that this uh, doesn't come across in any way um, negative. I just want to address some of the letters and and uh, messages that I've been receiving on a more kind of public scale. Um, I really do thank everyone for their support. It's been an amazing journey so far. Um, but uh, if I could sort of put all this into a word or a sentence, I just would love to see Clarity go where it can instead of where it's been. And I think that that's an important journey that any artistic endeavor needs to take. Um, Anyways, if you have thoughts about this, I'd really appreciate them. Um, if you feel like there's another way I could be looking at this, this is kind of a new path for for media. Podcasting is a very new genre. It's an interesting new media. I, I love podcasting. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Every time I'm in the car, I'm listening to podcasts. When I'm working at my desk, often I'm listening to podcasts. Um, it's an important part of my life. Um, and behind the scenes, yes, I do. If I'm really enjoying a show... I absolutely contribute a little bit on their Patreon if I feel that I, I can, and it's justifiable. Um, uh, just before I go, I just want to touch on what Patreon is and, and why it offers a benefit to you as a listener. Um, so first of all, it gives you a unique feed that you can install into iTunes now, and that will give you access to the ad-free uh, early episodes that are also presented in better audio quality. Um, than the regular iTunes feed. Now, you can't just search this up and subscribe. You have to join Patreon starting at $1, um, and then it can go up from there as, as much as you really feel, but I, I didn't want to exclude anyone um, based on their level of financial support. I think that even someone who uh, is very limited financially could still, if they want to, listen at $1 a month to some of the bonus stuff and the, uh, the ad-free versions and, and and all that if they would like to. So um, the other thing that's offered on there is I'm doing the uh, upcoming guests. So if there's a new guest coming up, I post in there and then people can submit their their questions to that guest and I'll, I'll try to include those um, as much as possible going forward. And uh, once we hit 40 subscribers, we're, or not subscribers, uh, sponsors, patrons, whatever you call them, um, I will start doing uh, Ask Me Anything episodes, which I haven't decided if those will air exclusively in the Patreon community um, or if the Patreon people will get to submit questions and then I'll try and address them, um, which is another popular thing with uh, other podcasts I listen to. So, um, and yeah, I'm open to ideas. If there's anything else that would be kind of cool for, for backers and supporters to get, I'm definitely, definitely open to discussion about that. So, um, another thing that's in there is uh, I, would, I, I tried to host a couple live events, but there's just so few people in there right now that they weren't that successful. So I think I'll wait until there's, well, if there are ever more, um, at the point where it would actually be fruitful to meet and, and have a discussion. Uh, for example, I'm thinking of starting a book club um, on Clarinet with, uh, with Brett Newton, who is my research assistant now, done a great job with that. Um, but he and I were going to discuss some books um, from the book club, or I would maybe chat with the author if they were still alive or something like that. Um, just just make things more interesting, and but I'd love to have guests tune in and you know on the Patreon page, and maybe we could get together and and discuss and maybe air that as part of that conversation. So, 
Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for listening in general, and thank you for all the support in the community around the world. It, it blows my mind that this is listened to in, in so many places by so many people. I'm I'm always encountering people who who uh, recognize me for this this effort. It's just it's at first it's a little weird, um, <laughs> but you get used to it. And and uh, I feel like I I uh, almost have like a friend everywhere I go in the clarinet, clarinet community, which is which is really amazing. So. Again, I don't want this to be interpreted the wrong way, but I did want to address uh, specifically William's message here. Thank you again so much, William, for sending that in. But uh, more broadly, I think a lot of people are having this question, and, uh, and I just want to address it here. So. Thank you so much. Again, if you have feedback, please pass it along at feedback at I would love to hear from you. And of course, as I talked about for much of this episode, please consider supporting the podcast. It will help me take it to the next level and help me really, really bring the best content I can forward. And, and that's what I want. I want to be able to make this into something awesome, <laughs> something amazing, something that every clarinet player wants to listen to and, and enjoy. So thank you so much. Uh, you can check out the Patreon page at clarinet.com support. And I look forward to talking with you about more of what's new and neat next time on the Claire Neat Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Perrin, and in, I'm coming to you again from Calgary, Alberta, where it, believe it or not, is still snowing, and it is April... It's April 12th. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Claire Neat Podcast, and I will see you next time. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts, too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from D'Addario Woodwinds, visit daddario.com woodwinds.